This is a Care Chronicles podcast episode with Rowan Pardasani. So I guess what we're trying to do is uh, give employers um, and even consumers directly an option other than their traditional health insurance and we're kind of terming it well-being insurance. You're listening to The Care Chronicles, a podcast about self-care, healthcare, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trisha Coyote. I'm a board-certified music therapist, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling. I'm also a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, many-water-sign forever student. Join me and guests on the show as we explore how we take care of ourselves and each other. Welcome back to the Care Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me today on this little corner of the internet. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with Rowan as much as I did. He's creating this awesome platform right now in Australia, but at the end of our conversation, he talked about potentially coming to the U.S. someday, but he, this platform is called Ivana. And he is creating a directory of health and wellness services for um, people to find, as well as encouraging employers to allow their employees a, quote, wellness insurance that they can use um, more with more freedom than typical insurance allows. And he's also hoping to offer practitioners on the platform, a sense of community. He talks about supervision and he even has some really great feedback about my episode with Kim Best where we talked about contracting. Um, I truthfully was a little nervous when he said he had some thoughts. I was like, okay, here we go. And I could not have been more pleasantly surprised with what he had to say. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Rowan and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, Rowan, to the Care Chronicles podcast. How are you? We're good, Trisha. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you for coming on. Uh, the listeners don't know this, but we just talked about it. it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to connect, uh, so I appreciate <laughs> you sticking with with it through with me um, to find a day where we were both able to connect. Of course, of course. I'm glad I could be here. Yeah. And you were just sharing your thoughts on um, a recent episode I did with Kim Best. I don't know if you mind sharing your thoughts with the listeners too, because um, I think it's great to have, you know, more minds on the same topic. So that for anyone who hasn't heard that episode, it was about subcontracting. And Kim and I tried to talk about the pros and cons. We were finding more cons than pros. And what was your take, Rowan? Uh, 
But I thought it was a great episode and I thought um, it really illustrated a lot of the the issues in the in the broad industry. It's not just something which is uh, at least I'm from Australia, as you can probably tell from the accent. It's not just something which is unique to American uh, music therapists, and it's not just uh, unique to one particular type of clinician or therapist or practitioner. It's something which is widespread across the health and well-being industry, mm. uh, which is uh, a lack of value of one's time and one's profession or, or devaluing your work. And I think that uh, without putting my capitalist hat on too much or, you know, without, um, you know, making it about dollars and cents, a lot of it is is really about, you know, are you, re- are you truly appreciating all the time and the work and the effort that you put in, not just in the session, but to get yourself to a point uh, both from a training, from an education, from a preparation perspective, to get to that point to deliver that service, right? So other professions like accountants and lawyers and others who arguably have uh, less positive value in the world, uh, and I used to be a lawyer, so I feel like I can say that, uh, value their time so much greatly. In, in such a, you know, and I guess, um, yes, there's an education piece to the customer or to the client as to, you know, all the work you do um, behind the scenes and to get to this point. But at the same time, it is sort of like a, a self-confidence thing almost, like you need to know what you're worth. Um, in Australia, uh, at Ivana, you know, we run a health and wellbeing marketplace where we help patients connect with practitioners for health and wellbeing services, including music therapy and everything to physiotherapy and OTs and art therapy. But a a large part of our business is actually helping those practitioners um, register under a government scheme called the National Disability Insurance Scheme uh, where they can provide their services to persons with disability and those services are funded by the government. And interestingly, when you were throwing those numbers out, I, I, I had a look at what can a music therapist claim under the, the government-funded scheme, and it's close to $200 an hour, which is sort of double the American rates. And I'm thinking, well, I think we probably are closer to, you know, where it should be in Australia, and I, I think there needs to be at least, you know, the, the relevant you know, American music therapy organisations need to really, I don't know if getting their act together is the right word, but really kind of get out there and advocate for the work that you guys do because I've seen the tremendous outcomes, not just in the disability space, but in the, in the broader space that, you know, uh, dedicated um, practitioners like yourself can really achieve. Um, so that's my two cents on that topic. Um whether it's appreciated or not, uh, I, I just I, I think it's an issue of value. So. I appreciate it, especially because you, <laughs> as a non-music therapist, are advocating 
um, for our value and saying like, hey, why isn't your like supporting body taking care of that? Which, um, you know, is great to hear someone else say, and this isn't to attack the American Music Therapy Association in any way, but um, there, you know, have been words over the years. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I also really appreciate that you mentioned you have a background as a lawyer and now you currently run like a health and wellness company. So tell the listeners like what it is you do, because um, I think your opinion matters both because everyone can have an opinion and because you have experience doing this kind of stuff. So yeah, tell them what it is you do. Yeah, thank you. So I guess my journey uh, in the broader health and wellbeing space sort of started um, three to four years ago. And um, through that experience, um, you know, I had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a form of cancer. And I was looking for, uh, it went undiagnosed for a long time. So I was looking for different practitioners and different therapists in my area who could help me. Um, sort of figure out what was wrong with me, for want of a better term. I wasn't really getting any support from the traditional medical community. They were kind of just sending me for more tests and they were kind of going nowhere. And it wasn't until I kind of got in touch with, I think, a, a naturopath who was sort of able to uncover a few answers that I was able to kind of ask the right questions of my general practitioner. Mm-hmm. And I guess through that experience and sort of what we were touching on before, I found that and also what you talked about in your last uh, podcast was I found that a lot of health and well-being practitioners, whether they be naturopaths or um, physiotherapists or chiropractors or whatever, um, love doing the work. They love giving great care, treatment and advice. But things like, you know, finding new clients and lodging tax returns and getting, you know, online booking software and thinking about, you know, making sure you have the right number of clients to be profitable, things they'd rather not do. So I thought, well, if I can build a platform where people looking for services can book, um, but not just as a directory, but as a real-time booking platform where we can kind of integrate with whatever software you're using, or if you don't have software, you can kind of use our diary system and book online and, and facilitate not just in-clinic appointments, but mobile appointments and telehealth appointments, then that would be something of true value. And I guess through that experience, I found that in particular persons with disability um, and practitioners or providers who wanted to provide their service to persons with difficult uh, disability, that was a, a particular area of need. Um, and that's when we started assisting practitioners to get what's called in Australia provider registration so that they can safely provide their services to vulnerable people under a government-funded scheme. So, yeah, there's a few few things we do um, from that perspective. Um, but, yeah, it's a really exciting journey. Yeah, I can only imagine how helpful something like that would be for someone like me when I was a traveling music therapist and, you know, trying to pick up contracts and everything. And... It was a conversation, if I ever talked to, say, like a person at the grocery store or whatever, um, they typically had never heard of music therapy, were really intrigued by it when I mentioned it, but like had no idea what steps to take from there. So to have something like that, where a person who's looking for um, services and, you know, just like 
even if I don't know what I need, I just know what I'm doing isn't working to have different options laid out in front of them. I can totally see how many people that would help on their journey and take some of the burden off them because they're already dealing with life as a disabled person. Yeah, I think and it's not like really limited to any one segment. I think I think for us, what we realized through this journey is that um, well-being means something different to each of us. Uh, mm. And on any one day, it could mean something different. So like, you know, so on one day, you know, one of our clients might just want to, I don't know, go for a run. Like I'm not a runner, but I'm sure that there's a lot of people who like that. Um, you know, others, you know, want to get a massage or, you know, people want to treat their persistent back pain with a physio or it might be that a physio hasn't, a physical therapist hasn't worked and they want to try chiropractic. So an ability in one one place to really, you know, connect the dots is kind of what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And you had a quote on that line um, said, well-being means something different to all of us. Traditionally, employees have not had the flexibility to decide what well-being means to them or choose the initiatives needed to support themselves, which I loved because I was thinking, oh, yeah, like my health insurance plan, now that I'm employed, I have a health insurance plan from my employer and it has certain things that I can um, certain services I can seek that are covered by my health insurance. And of course, many of the things I would prefer to do for my own well-being are not options uh, that health insurance will cover. So I know things are a little different in Australia, but I definitely got the sense not that... Not too different, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Not too different in that sense, because I guess what we're trying to do at Avant and what we've kind of recognized is that um, employers are... are you know, whether they're required to under law or not, doesn't matter. They are taking greater care or they're trying to take greater care of their employees than probably they traditionally have. And they've probably realised that, um, you know, people, more people are working from home, more people aren't, you know, doing things to look after themselves uh, because they're kind of stuck in this sort of work from home mentality. And even if they come to the office, you know, everyone's so busy, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, their own health and well-being is usually um, the least on their own priority list, unfortunately, with kids mm. and family. And I know I'm I'm in the same boat there. So I, I guess what we're trying to do is uh, give employers um, and even consumers directly an option other than their traditional health insurance. And, we're kind of terming it well-being insurance, where your employer um, can set aside whether it's fifty dollars a month, hundred dollars a month, two hundred dollars a month, to really help um, with those kind of things which aren't in the hospital, like your traditional sort of hospital-level healthcare, where that amount accrues over time. Um, and if uh, so, if by month two you have a hundred dollars. You can spend that $100 on any practitioner on Avana across the 20 service categories we have. So wow. it gives you all the choice that you want. And it, it it also empowers the employer to give a reward or to give a form of insurance, which is actually valued by the employee um, because they get to choose how they spend it. So that's the underlying theme. It's a little bit like 
um, you know, other marketplaces, like Uber Eats or whatever, for, for business where the employer pays for the, for the meals, but instead the employer is paying for well-being, which we think is pretty powerful. Yeah. And I also, if I was the consumer being given that um, stipend or budget or well-being insurance, it forces me to use that money to take care of myself. So instead of just getting a bonus and going and spending it on whatever, it forces me to say, oh, of these, I think you said 27 um, categories, that's done. Yeah, Yeah, like what's going to help me be the best version of me, which is awesome uh, and a mindset shift that I think many of us can make. Yeah, totally, totally. And I know I was in the same boat because I was, and I was forced to be because I was trying to find what was going to work. But others, you know, are in the same boat. You don't need to have an illness to, well, not a true, you don't need to have, uh, uh, you know, cancer effectively to be in that same boat. Like, you know, um, even within subsets of, um, of health and well-being, whether you know mental health or physical health or natural health or fitness, there's so many different types of practitioners you can try. And and I'm not saying that you're going to get it right from the first appointment, but at least you're kind of going through that discovery, which a lot of us don't generally have uh, the opportunity, and we're not traditionally empowered to do it. Um, because a lot of us start our health journey with our our doctors or our mm-hmm. traditional general practitioners, and uh, they might prescribe some medicine uh, from a pharmacy and not necessarily look at the root cause, uh, and that's where the that's where it ends. Unfortunately, uh, where you know, like I said, there's twenty twenty five categories of practitioners. Um, and so many more um, that could be the right fit for you and what you're going through at that one time. Yeah, 100%. And what changes have you seen specifically since people started working from home or what changes do you foresee um, being needed now that people are working differently? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um and I think, interestingly, at least in Australia, uh, we have, like most countries in the world, we have work health and safety laws which kind of protect employees um, while they're in the workplace um, from harm. And that harm includes you know, physical and, and also psychological. And I think um, the workplace, or at least the definition of workplace in Australia extends to in, in my view, people's homes because they're carrying on work from there. So, you know, it is a workplace. But I think the one which we're grappling with in Australia and, and I, I know for a fact you're grappling with in the US is, is really that psychological and mental health and looking for um, not just traditional in the sense of psychologists and counsellors but also other therapies that, can really play a part in helping someone navigate um, their own journey with respect to their mental health. So everything from you know music therapy uh, to art therapy to even fitness related you know, exercise physiology and, and personal training. 
um, all the way to relaxation-based services and what part they can play and actually getting people out of um, the house, off Zoom, off the telehealth type services and back into the uh, clinics and back into the parks and gyms and things like that uh, and, and studios to really um, have those services delivered to them in, in person. It doesn't need to be one-on-one, even though I feel that's preferred, but at least in a group setting, you know, off the desk, I think is absolutely key. And that's kind of what we're trying to do at Ivana, and I think that's been recognised. You know, we need to get people out and about um, because, you know, part of the problem with being at home for work is that you're at home for work and then you're at home for home. And that doesn't really leave much of the day to, you know, get basic things like sunlight and, and, and talking to people and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What are, I'm curious, um, some of like the lesser known or less traditional services that Avana has that people can find? Yeah, I, I think one that does really well on Avana is, is Reiki, um, which is very less traditional. But um, in terms of, I guess, a lot of the natural health services or that we categorize under natural health. So even naturopathy, which is kind of quite recognized and quite well known. A lot of people don't actually understand, you know, what it means to, you know, go see a naturopath mm-hmm. on a regular basis or even, you know, when you uh, got the flu or something. So I think what we're trying to do in um, the different um categories of practitioners we cater to is kind of just trying to, you know, have a look behind the the door to, you know, we try to create content which makes it easier for people to kind of, if they haven't thought about it, a different therapy before to kind of just cook it uh, for the first time, try it. It might not be for you, but it, it might be. So try to make that sort of process as seamless as possible. Uh, all the way from a discovery perspective, you know, having a lot of content on, you know, what is naturopathy, what is homeopathy, um, all the way to like, okay, there's a naturopathy in your area has time to see you today and we can facilitate the booking. But in terms of the categories which we're pretty excited about, which we feel are growing, are, are definitely the ones which are older. Interestingly, so your older, more traditional medicine from thousands of years ago, um, you know, things like acupuncture, Ayurveda from India, um, uh, uh, homeopathy, uh, Reiki, um, but also even the, the more, I guess, Western, excuse me, Western um, medicine-related uh, therapies, like your physical therapies. A lot of people have never the need to go to see a physical therapist um, because they haven't been injured but actually understanding that a physical therapist can really be good for your general health and well-being um, and can be good to uh, from from maintenance perspective so i guess for existing and traditional roles we're trying to uncover a layer of um, their ability to assist from a general well-being preventative maintenance perspective and for less known uh, 
categories that are kind of just trying to get them out there a little bit more to the to the broader population. Yeah, I love that you mentioned preventative maintenance because as someone who has never required the uh, assistance of a physical therapist, was the example you gave, I am thinking now like, oh, it would make sense as preventative maintenance to go see a physical therapist. And within the medical model, I've heard so many practitioners mention how they aspire to do great things in their career and then they get into it and they realize they're just putting band-aids on big problems. No pun intended, but people are coming to them with these huge issues that they're trying to solve. Um, but really prevention should be the goal. And so what you're offering people is the opportunity to see the value in prevention and connect them with the clinicians before things go wrong, which is a huge mindset shift for the medical field in general, uh, but really admirable. Yeah, and I think it kind of comes back to, unfortunately, a lot of it comes back to money, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. we're not going to spend on something you know, which we don't really truly need unless we're pushed to do so. So I guess our angle is that if we can kind of get employees or employers, I should say, to recognize that, you know, if, you're, if your workforce is healthier, happier, um, or, you know, they're at a, at a general level that, you know, if you want to make it onto a profit and loss statement, that means, you know, less employee sick days. That means less turnover of employees because they're happy working for you. Um, that means work-life balance in a manner which is actually sustainable over the long term because there's no point burning out an employee, um, <laughs> uh, you know, over a year only to lose a really good um you know, practitioner who could have stayed with you for 10 years. And mm -hmm. I know that's a topic that you've discussed in your previous podcasts. And yeah, I'd be interested in your views on, on that. Yeah, I, I agree with you that the capitalistic mindset requires us to say things like less sick days, more efficient work, <laughs> less training for new professionals. Like capitalism wants us to see that value. And that's true. Um, and still we have difficulty looking at the individual person's well-being as being the actual thing we should value. Uh, we need to look at all the byproducts. And as a music therapist, I'm used to that too, where it's, um, you know, music helps reading and math and language. And I have to say, yes, but music is also great by itself. <laughs> so it's that same thing, that parallel work being healthy myself is important. Yes, it allows me to do something for the corporate machine, but being healthy is also important. Yeah, and I, and I like I, I like I don't want to be this Debbie Downer because I think the opposite is actually true. Like I think, I think people by themselves or you know us, we're, we're all recognizing that you know we've only got this one life to live, and you know our health is is gonna make that a good life or make that hard life um and we're forcing it upon our employers like we saw things during covid like the what was it the great resignation where people were kind of 
getting in touch with themselves and um, and understanding once they had a minute to kind of switch off from the, um, the corporate machine that um, that you know this could all be over, right? Like we could get. Like I think we were all worried about getting COVID at that time and dying, you know, for want of a better term, or getting very sick. So, like, let's not waste it. Um, and that doesn't mean that we don't, um, you know, want to go to work or we don't want to enjoy doing work or we don't even want to work hard. All those things can be true, but it can also be true that we need to kind of be a little bit more targeted and strategic in the way that we kind of look after ourselves and our own mm. our own bodies and our own minds because uh, like <laughs> like everyone says like no one talks about all the hard work they did you know on the day they're about to die or on their deathbed um so uh, i don't want this to be too much of a morbid podcast but <laughs> no <you> know, no <laughs> I, I think uh, it, it's good i think we're trending in the right direction so yeah it's really good from that perspective yeah, I, it's um kind of, I feel like meeting that equilibrium, you know, the pendulum was work, 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 work hard, hustle, culture, all that kind of stuff. And then we had the great resignation, which also is not sustainable. We live in a world where you need to work to take care of yourself. And so we're meeting that like middle point where we need to work, we can't resign from our jobs. So we need to find a way to make it sustainable. And that really requires us to look at what we need individually and just like you said in the beginning identifying what wellness means for us so that we can keep having that balance um, and finding finding different ways to support ourselves Um, which I know for a lot of people was especially hard just because they weren't used to reflecting and taking time with themselves to see what their needs even were you know their focus was so outward um, that to turn it more inward was a challenge and again you're offering a place where people if they don't know where to start you know they're just noticing I need something I need help something isn't working they can go on that exploration in a way that is more supportive because you're offering them this buffet of things to try. Yeah. And I think it also extends to the practitioner themselves. And I think, you know, it was interesting, I guess, to, to realize that, you know, there are so many different types of work and there's so many different types of kind. And that's probably something I did appreciate myself when I started this business. So, you know, for, a physical therapist, for example, coming out of university or coming out of college in Australia, you kind of have three traditional paths. You have you can go work in a private practice, you can go work in an aged care or residential care setting or a community care setting for persons with disability or persons or elderly, or you can go work in a hospital, right? Like those are the three kind of main and I guess what we sort of started to appreciate was people kind of want variety. They don't want to just do the same thing for the same type of client in the same way. Like even like sometimes you want to, you know, you want to get the benefits of being an employee. So I think one of the things you talked about was supervision. Like supervision is a massive issue, like yeah. globally, right? Like especially in, in fields which are short-staffed right? because you're, everyone's busy kind of just doing the work that no one has time to actually train 
people to get better. And it doesn't require a lot. Like it's a one-hour session on a weekly or a fortnightly or a monthly basis depending on your level of experience or what you're trying to get out of the supervisory supervision uh, experience. So, but it's something which is so important, right? Like you kind of illustrated that. Um, like if you just had that supervisor who was able to kind of, you know, teach you the ropes, um, you know, life would have been a little bit easier. But um, I think from Ivana's perspective, it's recognising a lot of it comes down to choice. And if out of um, out of college or out of university or out of training organisation where you're able to become qualified as a practitioner, we are able to give another a choice, another choice to practitioners, which is kind of effectively the Avana practitioner, where we can give you all of these different types of clients. You just need to integrate your calendar, and we'll, we'll find the right type yeah. for that relevant time slot. So it might be in the morning you go traveling, in the afternoon you have like a, a telehealth sort of appointment or a Zoom appointment, and in the evening you do your in clinic consultations and. The other practitioners on our platform can supervise others and, you know, be available for that. That's kind of what we're trying to build, that sort of practitioner community and that practitioner choice, which I think make hopefully the practitioners happy and more fulfilled in their roles and that will bring the positive mindset that they need to, you know, provide the best care, you know, treatment advice that they can to their clients. Yeah. Um, there's so much value in having that professional community. And obviously I know other music therapists in my life, um, but having like, there's a different type of relationship when you kind of are networking only professionally with people. And so, you know, I have, like I said, other music therapists in my life, they could be supervisors for me, but it's kind of like a it's a different dynamic than if I was to say be on Ivana and meet another music therapist to supervise me. And we we have that camaraderie in working with potentially similar clientele. And I'm just imagining, or I know for a fact that there are so many professionals out there um, that feel so isolated in what they do, either because there aren't people who do the same job as them geographically close or because they're the only um you said physical therapist, that was your example. So they're the only physical therapist at whatever place they work. And so they're kind of like this island all day, every day. They don't, they don't get that support day to day. So how beautiful that is that you're enabling them to have that professional community and support each other. Uh, so you're really hitting on this from like so many different angles with what you're providing. Yeah. Look, well, You've got to though, right? Like it's like you don't really have a choice because that's the the problem with marketplaces. Uh, like the one we run at Ivana is we've got this problem called the chicken and the egg problem, where you've kind <laughs> of got to provide value to the therapists um, and also value to the clients, and you've got to build like the like you said, the practitioners in each geographic area. Uh, in a in a big country, so that when a customer comes on, or a potential client or patient comes on, you know they find a practitioner there, and you know it's very difficult to build 
both sides at the one time. So while you're building one side, you've got to kind of provide value. And for us, that's helping with things like NDIs registration and community and, and supervision and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's it's hard work. It is exciting. Um, and I guess, you know, getting some of these things off the ground and, and doing it is, um, is really rewarding um, when it, when it comes up so yeah exciting yeah is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we do the rapid fire questions no not not really i'm excited for the rapid fire questions. oh good i'm terrified by the way don't be terrified they're all about you the questions are short but your answers don't have to be okay okay the first one is coffee or tea coffee I can't, I can't go on my day without coffee. So <laughs> luckily I have two dogs. I have two dogs and three kids under four, but the one little, you know, half an hour in my day that I get for myself is walking the dogs to the coffee shop so I can buy coffee and then start my day. So. Perfect. I love that. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. I just, I, I've got a, it probably as a result of having, you know, we have a newborn, so we have to wake up in the middle of the night. So I don't really like to wake up too early where I can avoid it. So I like to sleep in. Good for you. Your favorite way to take care of yourself? Um, To be honest with you, um. Right now is probably just something like watching TV. So it's not yeah. a very on-brand um, response. But, you know, traditionally, like, I, I have enjoyed getting massages and, you know, going to the gym and getting personal training and things. But right now it's kind of like there's a lot going on in my life. So I'm just happy to watch Netflix. Yeah. Got to meet yourself where you're at. Yeah. Will Netflix ever be a service on Avana for wellness? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, What's your favorite way to take care of others? Um, question. I don't know. Just like helping out where I can, like simple things just around the house. Um, I guess help my employees to achieve their goals, you know, within, uh, from a work perspective. Um, yeah, like, I, I don't know, I feel nothing in particular, but I just like to kind of do what I can to make others' lives a little bit easier. Yeah. So that's a big thing. <laughs> what is something that's currently adding value to your life? Um, I guess my family, my family are really, uh, quite a young family and that's really exciting and really fun. You know, it's hard work, but it's lots of fun. But, um, uh, my wife, obviously Dee, and then we've got a four-year-old, Everly, who's just, um, in, um, kinder. And we've also got, um, a one and a half year old and a newborn baby. So we're all really, um, uh, very busy, but a lot of love and a lot of 
a lot of fun with three young kids. I guess. That's a lot. And two dogs. That's a lot. And two dogs. <laughs> yeah. What is something you'd tell your younger self? Um, yeah, probably it'll all be okay in the end. Like it'll all work itself out and just try not to stress too much. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think, yeah, like I've gone through stuff like I've had cancer, I've had, you know, I've changed, uh, I've started my own business, which is a form of trauma in and of itself. It's obviously good, but it's not easy. Um, and you sort of put a lot of stress in, your, in yourself, um, probably unnecessarily, I think. You know, everything changes over time. Um, and like just be kinder to yourself and everything will work out. Well said. All right, this one's tough. Will you please reintroduce yourself? without using any words or terms that describe how you care for others. So nothing like father, teacher, caring, nothing like that. Um, yeah, my name is Roland Partisani. Um, yes, I'm Australian. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. That's about it, really. I can't think of anything super profound, unfortunately. Okay. Probably should have studied for that one. No, it's a hard. tough one. <laughs> but that's why I ask. Uh, I think it's important for us to be able to identify ourselves as who we are, not just how we give, but who we are. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, how do you how do you do it? Can I ask uh, you how you? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm Trisha. I am a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, forever student. I'm a quadruple water sign, um, and I love reading. <laughs> That's a good answer. Far better answer than I gave. <laughs> I've had lots more time to think about it. <laughs> All right. Last question is: Where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Um, for those who use LinkedIn, um, also can um, send me an email or jump on uh, to the website uh, avana.com.au. Uh, so it's an Australian website, so you got to remember the .au. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll make it to the US soon. It'll be exciting. Yeah. That would be really cool. I will have everything linked so the listeners can find it. Thank you for making the time to come on and tell us about your ambition and this awesome platform you're creating. I really appreciated this discussion. Well, thank you for having me, Tisha.
Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I'm really excited to see what Avana becomes and has to offer as time goes on. I really do believe in Rowan's vision about enabling people to take ownership of their own wellness and have the financial insurance support to do that, to hopefully shift our mindset to both um, focusing on our own wellness and well-being so that we can sustainably do our jobs and have our lives, but also to see more clinicians as um, and their care as preventative maintenance as opposed to reactive maintenance. We used the example of physical therapy specifically. And I've never gone to see a, mu uh, a music therapist. I've never gone to see a physical therapist. I've never had the need to, but that doesn't mean I couldn't really get a lot of value from seeing one now to prevent potential physical ailments I may have in the future. So I really hope that um, the platform Avana that Rowan is creating does achieve all those aspirations of connecting practitioners to clients, of connecting clinicians to each other, and of helping us culturally shift a mindset to well-being and preventative care so we can all continue to live in this post-industrial world um, in a sustainable way. So yeah, that's a lot to chew on. But I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. Check out the links in the show notes to see Ivana and stay tuned for what's going on. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review. Five stars is our favorite. And subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also find us online and on social media at care-chronicles and you can get on our newsletter. Um, I only send newsletters out about once a month because I personally don't love my inbox to be flooded. So I certainly don't want to flood your inbox. So yeah, those are all ways you can stay connected to what's going on over here at the Care Chronicles. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. <music>